Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum, and I'm your host for episode 26 of the Student Ministry Podcast. And today I am joined by a good friend of mine, Ben Patterson. He's the lead student pastor at Southeast Christian Church in Parker, Colorado. And I am so excited for you to hear this conversation that I had recently with Ben. But before we jump into that, let's thank our sponsors because they are the one of the main reasons this podcast happens because of their generous support. And so let's just thank them real quick. WorkCamp NE is an awesome, amazing organization for you to take your students on service-based mission trips. If you have not checked out their website, make sure you do so. W-O-R-K-C-A-M-P-N-E.com. I've served with them many, many times and awesome experiences for our students, life-changing experiences. And so if you're looking for something like that, make sure you check out their website. But here's the deal. Here's a little known secret for WorkCamp NE. They also do private trips. So maybe you're looking at their summer schedule and you're thinking, yeah, this is not really going to work. Contact them anyway and say, hey, how can we work together to make this happen uh, for our students at maybe another time of the year, or maybe we can partner together in another way. They are willing to work with you and, and just provide an awesome opportunity for your students to be able to reach out in their community and help people on a really practical way by home repairs and things like that. So make sure you check them out. And, uh, and, and by doing that, you're just saying, hey, you know what? I support what you're doing with the Student Ministry Podcast. And the same thing goes for our other sponsors, the National Network of Youth Ministries and Reach Youth New England. Both of these organizations are all about connecting youth workers together. And I know some of you are out there and you have a great network and you know the importance of working together with other youth workers in your area. But maybe you haven't checked the websites out and you don't know the resources that these organizations can provide. So make sure you check them out. But I know some of you, are out there, you know, you're on your own. You feel like you're totally on your own. You're lone wolfing it and you don't know the benefit yet of being able to connect with other youth workers in your area. So make sure you check these websites out and just dive in there and figure out what other youth workers are out there and how you can connect and lean upon them because that's what they're all about. So National Network is found at youthworkers.net. That's youthworkers.net. Pretty simple, right? And the Reach Youth New England website is reachyouthne.com, reachyouthne.com. Make sure you check them out. Make sure you connect with other youth workers in your area because we are better together. All right, let's jump right into this conversation with Ben Patterson. I know you're going to love it. He's got some great wisdom to share. He's got a great story. And especially, I think you're going to want to pay attention to how he led through some changes at his church and how that all came together. He's got some great ideas. So let's check this out. All right, thanks so much for joining us today, Ben. Yeah, glad to be here. Appreciate it, Steve. Cool. So I've got a you know, a little bit of time to get to know you uh, over the last several months. I uh, met back at DYM 100 and uh, and then realized that we're doing ministry like an hour from each other. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that was sweet. I remember when we were, what what was that? What restaurant? Uh, Mod Pizza. Yeah, yep. And just pulled up a chair next to you and like, where are you from? And we're within an hour of each other. So. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. So so I've got to know you, but uh, but podcast listeners maybe don't really know you yet. So take just a moment, maybe just to start us off here and tell us a little about yourself and uh, especially how God has got you to the point where you are today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I have been in youth work for this is my 10th season, I like to say. I started back in Iowa at the church I actually grew up at. 
and uh, worked there for about seven years, both in middle school ministry and a little bit of high school and, and children's. Um, about three years ago, my wife and I were just feeling this weird call in our lives to perhaps mix it up. And uh, so we moved out in the Denver area, kind of feel like a missionary here in America. Um, we're away from all our family. My wife and I have seven kids, but really landing at Southeast Christian Church here um, in Parker, uh, south of Denver, it, it's been it's been incredible to see how God's at work in, in our lives, in our ministry. And so, yeah. Was ministry always on your radar? Did you grow up in the church? Yeah, I, I grew up in the church. Uh, we were the every single Sunday at the 8.30 a.m. service in the second row as a family together. Uh, and then during the following hour, we were always it was Sunday school hours. So the two-hour church family was, was my mindset growing up, uh, really really kind of claimed faith as my own as a middle schooler and uh, became involved more with the youth group and little leadership teams. Crazy thing is the youth pastors that I had growing up, they came from the secular world. They didn't go to school to get a youth ministry degree or anything. They came from engineering jobs and other things of the sort. And so when I was in high school, even though I thought, man, I'd love to be a youth pastor someday, I never really considered going to a Bible college. It's always like, go get your degree in something that you're interested in as a backup and then work at a church someday. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I studied communications in college and uh, went into sports broadcasting right after graduation and did that on the radio for a couple years. And, and then, uh, and then that position opened to be a middle school youth director at the church that I had grown up at. And I just thought, you know, that's, it's, it's time. I'm going to throw my, my name in the ring there and, made it through the application process and got hired. So it was really cool to work at the church I grew up at. I didn't have much of the, oh, look at little Benny, he doing big things. <laughs> you know, it was, I was able to hit the ground running and have some good influence. Got to work with one of my best friends on staff there too for a while. And uh, I just, I just love ministry. I love the pace of it. I love um, all the different conversations it brings with students and parents and, um, and, and just gets us out in the community. That's cool. That's cool. And seven kids, huh? Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty <laughs> wild. Um, never, ever planned. I only wanted four. My wife only wanted two. So I guess we just got this that <laughs> Put them plus. together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the hardest times in our marriage was we wanted to start a family. And after the first year of, of you know trying to get pregnant and such, it just wasn't happening. And it became very very stressful, very contentious. Uh, one of the times I remember having another failed month and, and I just kind of snapped. I was like, you know, don't even like tell me this, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, and, and my wife's like, if, if I can't tell you, who do I tell? And I realized, yeah, sorry for being the biggest jerk in the world. <laughs> um, and, and we had talked about adoption as an option to add to our family after having kids. But it became clear that adoption was going to be the way we were going to start our family. And so once we made that decision, and God just lifted that burden of, of the pressure to get pregnant. And we were able to focus on the whole adoption journey. And our first adoption was uh, an international adoption from Poland. And we adopted a sibling group of four kids. So we went from <laughs> zero kids to four kids. Their ages were five, four, three, and two at the time, two girls, two boys. And and we did that. Uh, about three years later, we were like, feels like we could add to our family through adoption again. And it was 
that doesn't sound crazy enough. And we went back to Poland and adopted three more kids. <laughs> so I either, yeah, either we're very, very compassionate or very, very stupid. I'm not sure. <laughs> But it's fun. It's fun to have. It's, it's the way to grow the youth ministry. I mean, you only had you got seven kids right there. So. That's that's the the thing people say. You know, you can grow the youth ministry without adding to your family, Ben. Right. So they they range um, from second grade up to eighth grade, and they got one in each grade. So wow. you know, our oldest is fourteen, and our youngest is eight these days. And we just do life together. We're a very social family. You know, with three of them now in the middle school ministry, and um, we—they're just all all a part of it. You know, they love—we do life together. It's good. That's cool. That's cool. So you are the lead student pastor there at Southeast. Uh, what does that entail? Yeah, it, it wasn't anything that uh, really planned out in being. I got hired at Southeast as a middle school pastor. Now, my first day on the job, the high school pastor resigned. Oh, out nowhere. Um, and, and as it turned out, it was, I was really looking forward to working with the guy, but he had some moral failures in his life and, uh, he's not anymore in ministry. And so that first year, uh, after moving out here to Colorado, it was, I was just really focused on, on growing, on getting the middle school ministry healthy, not necessarily growing it, but just learning and growing into that position, I'm at a new church in a new place, and and God blessed what was going on. My supervisor had kind of stepped into the high school role, but that was just a very short-term situation. And and our church had just been flying through youth pastors. Like when I showed up on the scene, they're like, oh, here's the next circus in town. Because mm-hmm. uh, one of our college volunteers, when he was through the youth ministry, had four pastors in four years of high school. And so the students were very cynical yep, and yep. just thinking like you're going to be gone, and and uh, that wasn't my heart at all. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm here for the long haul. I yeah. moved my seven kids away, my right. seven kids away <laughs> from my family uh, for this opportunity. I feel like God called us here. So my boss uh, shared this ministry model of instead of hiring another high school pastor, what would it look like to have a lead pastor for students that overseas high school and middle school, and then uh, full-time guys' discipleship for students and girls' discipleship for students that can focus on the small group elements. And so I work with two other people full-time here at Southeast, and I get to focus on our large group environments and, and outreach events and camps and retreats and stuff. And the other uh, the other two full-timers work on those volunteers for small group leaders and, and small groups and everything that goes along with that. And it's really more of a strengths-based approach. Yeah, that's really cool. It's it's encouraging, too, because it's something similar that we've thought about at our church as well. It's like, how do we structure this long-term? And, and I know my heart actually is for both middle school and high school. And so I'm like, I don't know if I could ever pick between the two. And so right. like I thought, it's like, is it possible that I could just kind of lead both and then have, have a staff under me? And I think that's probably the direction we're going to end up going as well. So that's yeah. cool. And for me, I have a I have a huge value for small groups. I don't want to run a ministry without them, uh, but I'll admit they drain my bucket a lot faster than yeah. the large group event does. And and the small group discipleship pastors, they like the large group and they're in and they're involved in it. 
but it, that drains their bucket and right. they, they get fired up with those relationships. And so we're, we're all fully informed of everyone's area. We kind of, you know, I still lead a small group from time to time or dip in as a substitute small group leader here and there. And, and I'll have, of course, David and Rochelle, the others who are, you know, I work with, um, in the large group environments to teach from time to time. Uh, but it's just so, so great to, to know that most of the stuff I get to work on is stuff that I'm passionate about and, um, and, and likewise for the whole team. That's really cool. Cool. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit, not too much. And, uh, let's talk about what your ministry looks like, uh, kind of programming and what's a, what's a typical week look like for you in terms of programming, but then just, uh, how you, how you lead the team there and how you minister on a regular basis. Yeah. So the Super Bowl of our week is Wednesday night. That's when our, we'd say our youth group meets. Um, that's the best thing I think we got going. Uh, we actually, uh, you know, when this whole ministry shift kind of happened, the model of lead student pastor and kind of approaching high school and middle school to de- together, our high school was almost dead. Like it, it had very, it had dwindled very low attendance and, um, just not in a healthy place. Mm. And middle school was on Wednesdays and high school had been on Sundays. And, and the idea was, well, let's just bring high school to Wednesday night as well, kind of connect it with some of the excitement that middle school has and, and the buzz that you get when you can get a lot of people together. And so uh, we've done that. And now the, the high school ha- ministry has since grown. So it, we no longer have middle school and high school large group together like we did at first, but they both come to the same building on the same night during the same time frame, okay, six o'clock to eight o'clock. And we spend the first hour with high schoolers in large group, worship band, uh, game, uh, teaching. Then they go. And during that time, the middle schoolers are throughout all the church offices in small group. And then we flip flop it for the second hour. Okay. High school then takes the message and, and uh, small group questions, and they go have small group time. And the middle school comes in for a large group experience. And so it's a quick hit in two hours, and uh, the numbers have, have grown to the point where now we're fortunate enough to be able to have two different locations that we could use. Our office spaces are one block away from our church building. That's where our youth room is. But we're actually looking at getting the middle school back over to the gym to meet in the church building this summer and have the middle school then just be perfect, perfectly over there all the time Yep. in the church and the high school and then be able to just breathe a little more in the, in the youth space cool. on Wednesdays. Um, for weekends, we... We used to do just uh, you know middle school only worship service, kind of in line with the the big church, and then the high high school as well. Um, but that's just not my heart. That the whole you know, Kara Powell's Sticky Faith has had a big impact on me, as I'm sure as many many of the people who are listening in. And just the idea of the age segregation, it, it, I don't want to run a ministry that way. Unfortunately, with my supervisors and lead team, they they were on board with it. They they heard that. The heart of like, uh, we, we don't want age segregation. We do want to figure this out. And so we rolled out. I'd, I'd done this before, but it failed. You know, you hear, well, we just have the students serve or attend big church. Yep. Well, that's the kind of plan we rolled out. But we put, we put some teeth to it in a way where we developed a, a curriculum, our own curriculum that takes a student on like a four-week self-discovery journey. And so one week they're doing a, a spiritual gifts, 
strengths assessment. Another week, we're kind of getting them to dream and think and, and give them a tour of where would you like to serve. And we tell them any adult that you see serving, you could serve in that way too. And um, and then they have this time where they're shadowing and they can shadow as many ministries as they want. They just try one per week. And then we sit down and do a quick powwow of how was it? And then eventually uh, get them, get them enrolled as serving in those ministries. So it, it has taken a lot of staff cooperation, yeah. you know, the guest services gal down the hall, you know, there's been times we've had conversations about the students and how well they're serving and how well they're not, you know, and just, uh, and it's good. And, and, uh, and same with the kids ministry of so many students serving in kids ministry and leadership roles because of this. And so for our student staff, on the weekends, we have, we have at least one of us at every single service. That way we can be a touch point for new families or parents. We we focus on on that curriculum. Some weeks a student, we might have one student in the classroom that's on step one and then another that's on step two. And we just, we have different teachers in the room so we can accommodate that. Okay. Um, and then, then just getting them launched to serve. And so it's it's been really cool. Some of the fruits of it, we have... 15-year-olds running the soundboard for the main worship center, you know, nice. and the lights board. And and we've had students give the message for the kids' ministry programming or be the host up there. They're leading small groups. They're, you know, they're just making a big impact uh, being connected, connected with the church. And, of course, if they want to attend the regular worship service, that's also a win. I tell, I tell yeah. parents, feel bad if your student, your teenager wants to attend the regular worship service. That's actually one of the best things they can do. Right. Because I want students to graduate and go off to college and look for a church or get connected in a church and not think, what, it, what is the entertainment factor for me? Yeah. Instead, how can I go serve in a way that I'm gifted? Totally. Totally. And I think that, yeah, that's actually something that we're, we're kind of fighting against a little bit at our church right now because it's been the norm for so long that we have age separated stuff on Sunday morning and, and we did take away high school, but still kind of fighting that fight with middle school, especially because actually our middle school program is going really well. And so it's like, do I kill something that's going really well? But I believe in the same thing as you're, as you're talking about, man, it's, it's so important for us to get the students connected with the whole entire body because, you know, if, if they're not, what happens when they graduate from youth group, then they have no place. Right. And so, right. yeah, we have to get them connected. So that's, that's some cool ideas. I've never yeah, heard about school that, is that interesting. thing. Yeah. Middle school's interesting because some of them really do just, they're too squirrely and they just need yeah. that, that environment. And so, I don't know, maybe it's, you know, mixing it up a little bit, you know, joining the regular worship service once a month or taking it doing a service project or kind of building into them, especially those eighth graders who are all of a sudden going to be ninth graders and wondering where to go next year. Right. 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 Yeah. But, but yeah, I love, I love the strategy you have behind it to, to not only just cut something, but okay, let's, let's put some, some pieces in place for you to actually find your place and really get plugged in. So that's really yeah. cool. And so if anyone's listening and thinking, wow, that's great. I should try it. Um, I, I would just say, make sure, make sure you're communicating way in advance that your boss has your back. My boss, um, had, had received a lot of emails or, you know, lobby conversations questioning the whole thing, you know, and his, he, he told me, he said his first response always to any parent that was going to bash whatever the student ministry was doing was, have you talked with Ben about it? Mm. 
What did Ben say about it? And he would often find they were just doing the gossip thing or just complaining and not really going to the person that they had the complaint with. Right. <laughs> so that that's really cool. But then secondly, you know, yeah, um, some people did leave and, and we kind of, you know, lost some previously active families or they wonder and, and the email with legit questions. And um, I, there are multiple emails that Steve would forward to me and say, hey, here's a family with another concern. And it was almost like we had this little playbook, like there are like only three <laughs> or four things that we had to address. Like, so go with response number three that we had yep. talked about <laughs> this way and keep going on the right track. You got the right thing going. And it's just so, so good to hear your boss say, keep fighting the good fight. Keep going. We're not going to just change course based upon one complaint here to try to please everyone. So that's awesome. Um, ha- having that leadership in place and then actually committing to a structure where, um, where you are still engaged. I go into classrooms, kids, cl- kids ministry classrooms, um, baby nurseries every single weekend just to say, Hey, to the teenagers who are serving, telling them that what they're doing is just as important as the person who's giving the sermon on the stage and uh, and just seeing if there's anything that they need to do to redirect or help them, you know? And, um, whereas before when I tried rolling, I was always like, oh, just go talk to that ministry leader. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and there's just a, there's a gap there that that we as youth pastors, we can stand in and actually help make connections for our students to get involved with other adults in, in serving. That's really cool. So, man, you've already shared a lot of wisdom there, I think, through that change and everything. Um, what are some other things that God's taught you over the years? Maybe a couple tips that you'd like to pass on and maybe even thinking about, you know, going back 10 years in ministry. Like, what would you like to tell ten, uh, to, to tell Ben of, of 10 years ago? Hey, you should do this better so it could set you up in, in the long run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember getting hired thinking, wow, youth ministry, it's, it's amazing. This is a dream job of sorts. It's what I want to do. Um, I got, I'd gotten hired, it was in July and then that following November. So only like, you know, three, four months later, uh, our team went to NYWC mm-hmm. in Nashville. And in that time, uh, you know, Marco Stryker was leading it and it was just a really sweet, sweet environment. I remember one of the sessions though, they had talked about, um, like burnout mm-hmm. in a way that like was, was a big problem in youth ministry and, uh, and, and it just wasn't even on my radar. Now I'm, I'm only four months in and so my job was just like, how could anyone ever <laughs> burn out? You're just full of energy. I can't believe I get to do this. Oh yeah. man, this must be terrible people. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, joke was on me because, because then, I, over a a course of a year and two, um, in in first couple years of ministry, my wife would question the pace with which I was working. Um, and, and I would kind of look back and and wonder, huh, I am putting a lot of time or how, where is, where is there a time for me to get my bucket filled? And, um, and I, and I observe other youth pastors or try to figure it out. And so I think one of the things that, that I was just kind of stumbled upon one of my good buddies had said, you know, I know that the way I work is I can go really, really hard for like three to four months, but then I need a break for a week. I need to take a vacation. So I look at my schedule every year and, and I just pluck in those vacations right away. So I know that I have them as that, that release. And I thought, 
wow, that actually sounds sounds really, really good. Yeah, it's like my rhythm too. That uh, I found if if I can look at my annual calendar, whether I'm starting the school year, or whether I do it semester by semester, or whether it's just some rhythms that just kind of keep year to year, um, and know when I'm going to have that break, when I'm going to have that time to unplug, when I'm going to have that week to not even feel bad about yeah. uh, not looking at email or anything. It is is so helpful. It's like that light at the end of the tunnel, perhaps maybe if I'm going through a tough time. So yeah. for me, um, the week after Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's, I do everything I can to make sure I am doing nothing. I have nothing going on. Um, and even this past year, the way it kind of worked out, I think New Year's was on, what, a Tuesday or Wednesday? And yeah. so it was almost like an extended – because it's like I'm not even going to come back until like Monday the 6th or whatever <laughs> that was. And uh, and that was great. Um, another thing, uh, my parents – you know, they have a timeshare at, um, at a lake in Iowa. I know it's not the vacation destination <laughs> everyone would desire, uh, but it's a week where my family just goes the, the 30th week of the year. It always falls in at the end of July. And I know that week at the end of July, I'm going to unplug and take the family and we're going to have a week of relational building and connecting and having fun. Um, that's a good time for me because, you know, it's kind of winding down the summer and then you, you get back for that and it's like go time for the school year. Um, and then, and then I've learned over in the la- the past year with the kid, my kids and the age stage that they are spring break and fall break is built into their school calendar. And I've tried working through those and I've just kind of resigned myself to being like, well, whatever you can do to kind of, um, take some time there and, and flex to your family schedule. Uh, I, I tell the people I supervise in ministry, we are working very, very hard. So I don't care if you only have like two weeks of vacation or 15 days of vacation. Like I know you are putting in the hours. So if you had to take some time here and there for personal or whatever it is, um, comp time, I don't really know. I trust, I, I, if I see your work ethic and I trust yep. you and know you're putting in the hours and you're not taking advantage of it, man, um, we, we got to be healthy. So for me, it's those rhythms. For another youth pastor um, that I worked with, the very first trip that we went on together, it was an overnighter, and he he pumps up his air mattress at about 1030, and he's like, all right, Ben, I'm going to bed. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, are you crazy? <laughs> and he's like, no, if I don't go to bed right now, um, then I know I'm going to be worthless tomorrow. So <laughs> good night. And I'm like, what? this this cannot be happening. Right. And, and of course, I'm up, you know, until two in the morning with all the crazies doing yeah. and stuff, and then getting up at six, six mm-hmm. three, like everyone else was. Um, but I can do that. I can burn the candle at both ends from time to time. Um, that buddy of mine, he's just he just knew very clear on on a trip. He needs his sleep and out of serving the better of the whole and not being worthless the next day, he went to bed. And every single trip that we went on together uh, at the leader meetings beforehand, he would always say that in a, in a healthy way, like, hey, just remember, I know a lot of good ministry happens. I know you're, we're giving a lot of it ourselves, but if you're the type that needs your sleep on this trip, do not feel bad about getting it, communicate it. Uh, you know, don't be ignorant, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, letting everyone run around or whatever, right. have, have your plan. But so often just 
communicating in advance and having that forethought can, can be a good help. So, um, for anyone out there in, in youth ministry, whether you're just starting, whether you've been just kind of going along, you hit that two or three years and you realize, man, something's got to change. Otherwise I'm not going to be here. Uh, perhaps just knowing your rhythm, looking at your calendar, dropping in those days, uh, or, or a few of, of knowing that this is just gonna be my time. I'm going to focus on me and not worry about the pressures of the ministry. Um, The other thing for me that, that I've learned and had a pretty high value early on was the church I got hired into was great at networking with other youth Mm. pastors. They actually hosted a lunch. They just put on a lunch every once a month and invited all the area youth pastors to, um, and, and then provided just some sort of topic, to, to get some discussion going and then space for us to just chat and meet with each other. And the community that was brought from that, um, is amazing. I've been fortunate to work at churches where I'm not the only youth pastor. I couldn't imagine being just the lone ranger at a church. (laughs) And so if if that's you, I I think there's gotta be a youth pastor network around that you could join in. And yeah, it's probably not on your job description. Uh, yeah, it's probably might going to feel like another meeting to go to, but no one gets youth pastors like another youth pastor gets another youth pastor. And so, uh, that was one of the first prayers that I had moving out to Denver of God, get me connected with other youth pastors. Um, I want to bring people together. Um, and, and I found out that my church actually didn't really have a good history, a track record of that. Cause when I did meet with some other youth pastors in the area, they're like, okay, so you work at Southeast. <laughs> What's your angle for meeting with me? Yeah. And I'm, Wait, what? I just wanted to like get to know you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any angle. They're like, well, the last guy that we met with from Southeast just showed up to our event and passed out of flyers and invited all our students to his event. Uh. <laughs> like, but there's nothing, yeah. <laughs> nothing on my radar of that. And so as, as churches, man, the, the world will know Christ through our oneness and we, we shouldn't be rivals on the scoreboard. We should, we should be linking arms together. Uh, so that way when, when someone's maybe slipping or struggling, they're not going to fall flat on their face. They're linked arm to arm with a network of other youth pastors beyond their congregation that, that can come in and support and pray, 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 right. bridge. Um, we, we shouldn't be doing it alone. Yeah. Yeah. And our, our sponsor, the National Network of Youth Ministries, will be very proud of you for uh, for saying that because that's what they're all about as well. And that's, that's you know, it's so important. And I think that's that's one of the things that, that has really gotten me through some of the tough times. I was using, even talking earlier this morning to, to some other guys that, that actually have a similar situation that I'm going through with like our Thursday night ministry and they're reaching some of the same kids that I have and they're a couple years ahead of me. And so we were able to kind of share some tips with me and things that they went through. And that's huge because, you know, you can't get that anywhere else. And so yeah. it's so important for us to connect and, and share tips, but also just to pray for each other. Yeah. And, and I'm active in the Download Youth Ministry Facebook group. And I love that. And that's another place where you can kind of have your you know opinion or your need shared. And, you know, 20 people will answer it or right. tell you what to do. <laughs> Uh, but, but still nothing replaces just that genuine face to face contact or that picking up the phone and knowing that you're calling the guy, you know, a mile or five down the road and, and, uh, and just 
being closer in that way. So totally. Um, Go go get networked. Give a give a call. One of the guys that is one of my good friends now out here is a youth pastor at another church, and he had just sent me a Facebook message saying, "Hey, here you're the new guy. Um, I'm in the same position that you are at the church up the street. Would, can we get coffee sometime? You know that takes some boldness, but yeah, yeah. man, that message was an answered prayer to me, and uh, I'm so glad that he had that boldness to do that. That's cool. Cool. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Ben. Uh, I'm sure people are going to want to uh, contact you and get in touch with you a little bit. Uh, what is the best way for them to do so? Are you in social media or email or what's the what's the best way? They like, You know what? Ben mentioned something I really want to ask a little further. Um, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, for sure. Um, if, if you do email, I'll do email. It's ben.patterson at southeastcc.org. Uh, P-A-T-T-E-R-S-O-N. Um, uh, my social media, I'm on Twitter, but I just kind of took a hiatus from that. The, uh, <laughs> I've been using Instagram a lot more. Uh, awesome. So I'm at Ben Hooray, H-O-O-R-A-Y, Ben Hooray on Instagram. Um, we can message there as well. And, and yeah, I mean – that's the way. Send a letter, maybe. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Look up as so I can get the... something other than a camp promo in my <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much all I get anymore. Yeah. 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 Appreciate. It. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, thanks so much again for uh, for joining us today, Ben, and may God bless your ministry. I appreciate it, Steve. Well, and speaking of appreciation, I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in and, and checking us out. And uh, and thanks so much for, for leaving your positive comments and sharing this with others. That is so incredibly important because these stories are awesome. I love doing this podcast because it allows me to just have those conversations with other youth workers and just hear what God is doing. I love doing that and I love sharing them with you. And I hope you enjoy sharing them with other people. So please do that. If you enjoyed this, find someone else to share this with and just bless their lives by Ben's story. Uh, also want to thank our sponsors again, WorkCamp NE. Check their website out, website out at WorkCampNE.com. Check out the National Network of Youth Ministries website at YouthWorkers.net. And check out Reach Youth New England's website at ReachYouthNE.com. Thank you once again for checking this out and sharing it. Do me a favor as well. If you have not followed us on social media, make sure you do that. We're at uh, we're on Twitter at StuMinPod. That's S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D. You can also follow me on Twitter at Steve Cullum. And you can also follow us over on Facebook. So if you're like, you know what? Twitter's not my thing. I'd rather do it on Facebook. We're there as well. So make sure you check that out. Uh, just search for the Student Ministry Podcast. You can check that out. And and here's a little thing, a uh, couple little things that I want to tell you about uh, that we're also doing um, things coming up. So uh, hopefully you haven't tuned out yet and you're still paying attention here uh, at the at the end. Uh, a couple of different things. Number one, if you're on the Amazon Echo, like if you have one of those devices, do me a favor and and fire fire up your phone and search for the Student Ministry Podcast on your Echo skills. You're gonna find us on there. Uh, it's one of the newest places that we you can find and listen to the Student Ministry Podcast. So check that out if you want to. Also. 
I've been playing around with this this idea of like recapping my my weekly ministry stuff. Um, I've been doing it on Anchor. Um, it's an app on my iPhone that I can just uh, record a podcast episode right on my phone and then just release it right there. It uploads and everything. I, I basically have just been talking about this. It's, I've just called it the student ministry recap. Um, and so I do it a couple of times a week. It's just like maybe ten minutes long or so, and I just kind of talk about what I've been learning and what we did the past uh, the past ministry day. So check it out if you want. Um, let me know your feedback if you like that sort of thing. Uh, it's just another thing I'm trying and see, you know, see what other people like. And and also I'll begin, I'm going to be down and in uh, the Orange Conference at the end of uh, April. And so if you are there, I would love to meet up with you. I'd love to have a conversation with you. Maybe, you know, you have a, a cool story or you know someone else is going to be there and you're like, man, I, you got to hear this story. I would love to, to interview or just hear it or what's going on. I love ministry stories, as I know you guys can tell, because that's what I do. That's why I do this. And so, uh, yeah, I'd love to meet up with you. I'd love to hear from you at the, at the, uh, the Orange Conference. So make sure you, you look me up and uh, tweet me or something like that and let me know. And uh, I would love to meet up with you. But until then, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next month with another episode. So make sure you subscribe and uh, share it out with other people that you know will enjoy this. And until then, may God bless your ministry.